This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In the shadow of the iPhone launch was the one product that got a major facelift, and that's the Apple Watch Series 7. What's different about it, and is it worth your time? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining us is our resident wearable guru, Scott Stein. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thanks, Roger. So the Apple Watch kind of got buried underneath the attention for the new iPhone 13, and that's natural. Most folks are going to gravitate towards the phone. But it's notable because it actually got a redesign. How is the Series 7 different from previous iterations? Well, it's weird because all the rumors have been pointing towards something really big in terms of the design. And what we got was not a big redesign. It looks mainly, it's got a larger screen, which happened with the Series 4. So it's another bump up in reducing the bezels. It curves a little around the edges, which you know is, is I guess, interesting for Apple because they don't really play with that much. But we've seen things like that on other devices. Um, you know, Otherwise, it looks exactly the same. Um, and then all the claims after that are about things like durability and, and faster charging. Right. What, what were your initial impressions? It doesn't seem like you were that impressed. No, I totally was not impressed. I was, I was pretty let down. For me, it's that it looks like Apple it knows they have a successful product and they are kind of sitting a little still with it. And um, to, I, I miss the days when wearables experimented more. I think that the landscape right now is is looking at a lot of new um, health tech and sensors. It, Samsung's Galaxy Watch 4, it, it, the Fitbit Sense. Admittedly, a lot of these may fall flat. And you know, they're weird. Body analysis, I don't I don't need that. Um, the EDA stress sensor. But I also think Apple's behind on things like sleep sleep tracking, um, being able to maybe pull more with the optical heart rate sensor temperature, which could be used potentially for uh, competitors do things like wellness readings and readiness scores. So yeah, let down. Yeah, that's an important point because Apple's spent the last couple of years really pushing the health benefits of the watch you know, last year, including the, the blood oxygen reader on top of the electrocardiogram. Like Every year they seem to add some sort of big health feature, but there was nothing new this year. What, what do you make of that? Um, I guess reports have been saying they're building towards that the year after. It's not easy, right? So all this stuff is when, when wearables meet health tech, there are all sorts of uh, slowdowns and difficulties. You know, not every day you're going to get something like a like a plug-in ECG one lead thing, which is an existing type of technology that that, that is kind of self-contained. A lot of the others are, are looking at with algorithms to try to pull more information out of things like heart rate. Um, and that stuff then needs medical testing and studies and a lot of published research before they can even get it submitted for approval. And that's why you see things like sleep apnea detection um, slowing down, um, you know, and promises of blood pressure on other devices. But Apple could have updated the sensor tech on this. Maybe you know, there, there's talk that they purchased an, um, a new sensor tech company. They could have updated 
maybe the robustness of the heart rate or done something to start leading towards more research. And they didn't talk about that at all. Yeah, I'm curious if the the supply constraints has affected everyone in the industry um, had some sort of impact and that, that they had to basically remove features that they probably would have wanted to add because of the supply constraints? Do you think that's, that's a factor? Or? It could very well be. It's so hard to figure out. But I, I think it's... It, but you know, also it's it's not even out yet. It's 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 available sometime later in the fall, which is kind of weird. And so already it suggests that you know there are some constraints. I'm sure that wasn't intended. Um, so yeah, I think that might be true. And uh, it, and it just kind of leads to maybe you know, look, Apple's won uh, the wearable landscape uh, by attrition, where a lot of comp- competition has either combined or dropped out. And uh, maybe they feel that they can stay the course one more year with that um, and, and see how that goes. Yeah, it is interesting to me, though, like in a year where they do offer a, a pretty big redesign. I mean, they, they rarely, they've only changed this thing twice now. Um, it, it didn't come with anything else that was new. But there were some new other features, some other extra bells and whistles, as you said, mostly around durability. Can you talk a little bit about what else is in the Apple Watch Series 7? Yeah, so admittedly, the features they did talk about are useful features. Like these are, you'd rather have them than not. Sometimes you see features that seem a little bit peripheral. Even last year's blood oxygen, you know, is is not as accurate as a pulse ox. So, you know, do you really need that? I, I find that I don't ever really use it. Um, whereas, you know, more durability, they said like 50% thicker crystal, um, IP6X, um, uh, dust resistance. Yeah, that's useful. Uh, people crack their Apple Watches. I have no idea how durable it will actually play out to be, but um, Apple's made a lot of um, improvements on the iPhone with that, where they've gotten ever more durable. And um, that's a nice thing to see. The, the faster charging is also nice. A lot of people forget to charge their watches and suddenly, you know, in the morning, you're like, oh crap, I have to go out. Eight minutes to get eight hours sounds really good, but they didn't address anything about longer battery life. So some people say that's fine. I get really annoyed at the day slash day and a half because it also means that you really can't use it for sleep tracking. People will say you can, but um, you'll have to then recharge it and kind of juggle that. Yeah, that, that's the, they even offered that fast charging, that eight minutes for eight hours, fast charging set up as the solution, quote unquote, for sleep tracking. Do you think that's practical? I mean, for me, it might actually work because I only sleep about five hours a day, but I think for the for the normal person, that seems like that's a little iffy, right? Yeah. I mean, it's much better to have than not. And I think it may work for some people. So I think it's a, it's a great addition. I don't think you need to upgrade your, your existing recently bought watch for it, but, um, but it's a great thing to, to keep adding on. But yeah, I think that the battery life, it's tough. The more powerful these get um, to really address battery life but i'd love to see it happen really for sleep tracking or really for some sort of super low power mode that you could do a little more than just tell the time which is what it is now samsung's hit a wall too you know the the galaxy watch 4 promised better battery life i didn't really see that much it it was like kind of a day day and a half maybe two days um you only see longer battery life on things like you know fitbits which which really have a much reduced set of high power features right and and i think that's it could be a question of whether or not the battery tech is ready right like it's 
it, like you said, it feels like these companies have all kind of hit a limit to how much energy or time they can squeeze out of these batteries in these small designs. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. Um, what what are, we'll talk about pricing because they didn't give a lot of information beyond the starting price. But like, how much does this thing cost and what do you think the the kind of range of prices will be? Yeah, they really didn't give much. I was hunting around, and it seems just the entry level price, right, like three ninety nine, um, unless I miss some secret repository of configurations. But um, you know, I, I imagine that'll go up as as previous models have, depending on if you get you know uh, steel or or whatever titanium or um, you know get cellular, which costs a significant amount more. Um, uh, depending on the bands you get, which are, they're compatible with all the, the the watch straps from before, which is nice. But um, yeah, you could easily end up spending um, well over five hundred. That that seems totally possible for a lot of people. Um, it's expensive, and meanwhile, um, you know, it, first of all, it's not here. Secondly, the existing remainder of the Apple Watch lineup. Kind of remains the same price with the same considerations. Yeah, that's an interesting point because the I noticed the watch series three is still kicking around as like the entry entry level model. Like one of our colleagues asked this during the presentation, like why why is the series three still a thing? Yeah, why? I mean, I think the real answer is that they can't get the price on the Apple Watch SE down low enough, or they don't want to. So. It's frustrating because the SE arrived last year to be that budget watch, maybe for your kid or someone else. Two seventy nine starting price is is not cheap, and so it's like this weird hang on to have the Series Three at one ninety nine. And of course, like these watches go on sale all the time, so you may find it at a lower price, especially a, a year over year holdover like the SE. But the um, Apple Watch Series 3 is old. The chip is older. People have reported a lot of problems in updating the software for it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. I feel that if, if you're going to get a watch at this point for Apple, it's two watches. It's the SE or the upcoming 7. You, getting a 6 on sale seems like a very valid option too. But um, I would skip the 3. Just get another budget fitness tracker if you really want to save money. Um, it's a weird watch. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of which, I mean, I have a Series 3. I'm not entirely sure I need to upgrade, but for folks looking to get a Series 7, beyond folks who are, who are new to this, to the wearable game and, you know, just hopping in, but like, if you own an existing Apple Watch, like, at what point do you think it's worth it to consider an upgrade? Like, what what series do you think that, well, maybe this one's different enough that it's worth it, or or maybe it's not worth an upgrade at all? It's a great question. I kind of think it, there is an if it, if it isn't broke, don't fix it um, attitude with this. You know, if it's working and it seems to be good for you, then certainly stick with it. I think some of the advantages you hit down the road is the always on display, which can be useful if you if you don't if you want to keep glancing at stuff. Um, the see now I'm having a hard time thinking of some extra features. I mean, things like <laughs> blood oxygen, I do not feel like is a necessary thing um, because right. again, it's not. I find it really fluctuates and it doesn't really give me an accurate readout if you're the type of person who's concerned about that. And um, I mean, ECG has been around since the Series 4. It's fine, but it's a very limited use. You know, yeah. ECG yeah. does not detect for a lot of things with heart disease or certainly not blood pressure, no heart attack, anything like that. 
it's one particular atrial fibrillation check. And also they, they check for atrial fibrillation with the, with heart rate. It's not quite as, you know, medically accurate, but, um, you know, I, I, I don't really even think you need that. So yeah, it's a good question. It kind of feels like one continuum. I mean, I, I do feel like faster charging will be a feature that people would care about. Um, yep. And they're kind of forcing that anyhow, because, you know, they, they kind of go right from SE to seven. Um, but I don't think if you've had one for, for bought one the past couple of years, I don't think the seven is at all a necessary upgrade. Yeah, well, that's, that's good advice. I'm sure there's a lot of folks thinking about it, considering an upgrade. Scott, we'll have you back on when you get the review unit. Thanks, Scott, for your time. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.